I'm driving on a thin strip of elevated land over an endless stretch of water. The road I'm on is called the Offslau Dyke, and it was built in the 1930s to connect the northern parts of the Netherlands, but most of all to stave off the North Sea waters. It is 32 kilometers long. On the one side is the North Sea, and on the other, a brackish estuary that is prime real estate for eel farming. I'm heading to Malcolm, a picturesque village of 4,000 residents in the northern Dutch province of Friesland. While situated about an hour and a half northeast of Amsterdam, Malcolm is a different world with its own language, not a dialect of Dutch, but a completely different language. Its strategic location near the North Sea makes it the ideal base for building large yachts, which is why Fedship took over Yard here in 2005. As I leave the road and pass into a farming area defined by low dikes, bright green grass and grazing sheep, in the distance I can see the two enormous sheds rising out of the water. They remain in view all the way to the village, where they hang over the pointy rooftops like a medieval cathedral. This is Fedship's Mockham Yard. Today, I'm going to visit the big boy yachts. In my pocket, I've got the golden ticket, and I know that I made this comparison to Willy Wonka before, but now I really mean it. This, friends, is the Chocolate Factory. Welcome to episode three of Fedship Uncovered. No cursing in the cathedral. I make it through security, park my car by the water, and head to a boxy building. A receptionist offers me a cup of coffee before leading me to the director's office. It's Santa Claus. No, it's the client. Hello. Hello. You must be Cybrand. I am Cybrand, and you are. I'm John. I have an appointment with Cybrand de Vries, the yard's long-serving director. Lording over his office is a wall-sized black-and-white photograph of a wharf with workers in old-school dress working on a boat. It's my grandfather. He's here. He's kind of hiding behind everybody. That's right, yeah. This was his father, and he was working on a wooden boat. We call it a pram that was used for bringing the flowers to the flower market. And he started the company in 1906 in Aalsmeer. His son, my grandfather, he worked together with his father. So they're they're hiding. So your grandfather and your yeah. and and your father are kind of in the background. Yeah. The the joke is because you cannot see it, of course. But my grand grandfather, he say, I don't have time for the picture. So please, I continue the work because money has to be made and work is more important than the picture. I, I thought it was modesty, but I like your story better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Way back in episode one, I mentioned that Fedship is a collaboration between two renowned Dutch shipyards and a naval architecture firm. Well, one of those shipyards is Van Lent, and the other is De Vries. Cybrand is a member of the De Vries family. He's a third generation De Vries, in fact, and the great-grandson of its founder. The photograph isn't the only thing hanging in his office. There are also awards, yacht shots, and scale models that seem to be standard fare in every Fedship office. This is a very nice yacht we built. Seven of them, together with Carlo Riva, Mr. Caravel. Mr. Riva designed it, and... He was not able to build it in Italy. So he went to my grandfather and he asked him, can you build my dream? And my grandfather said, yes, I can. And the funny thing is that my grandfather, he just speak Dutch and Mr. Carlo Riva just speak Italian. And they built seven yachts. 
It's unbelievable. They spoke boat. They spoke, exactly, yeah. They spoke boat, yeah. <laughs> Marsha has told me a little yeah. bit about Cybrant. Okay. As in many family dynasties, he took a bit of a roundabout route to get into the business. Started here in Makam in 2005. I thought maybe it's time now to join the family. Is that a big decision to join the family? You make it, it sounds uh, like a big decision. It was a big decision because it was not my intention to join the, the family business. But at the moment, they were intending to start the shipyard here in Makam. I thought, hey, maybe this is the moment. Can you just tell me the dynamic of being here? What, what is here? Where is here? Yeah, we are in the middle of the town. And uh, that's, of course, uh, now, yeah, you have seen the, the big shed. You can see it from 30 miles from here. Uh, but we also part of the village and part of the story of this village. And, and it's important for us that colleagues who work here, they live here in the neighborhood, uh, that we are sort of a family, taking care of each other. No, that's what we do. I like Cybrand. He's easy to like. But I also know my time with him is limited, so I cut to the chase. I give him the lowdown on my fedship journey up to this point and then decide to come clean with my owner inferiority complex. I mean, clearly, I'm not a fedship owner. But I like to think that I'm doing a pretty good job playing the part. What is... A typical fedship owner. That's difficult. That's not a typical fedship owner. You have an owner of maybe 28 years. You have owners of 80 years. And they're all different. For some, it's the first fedship or the first yacht. Some of them, they start ordering the third one, the fourth one. Everyone is welcome here. But I think most important is that um, you're looking to work with a team of enthusiastic, passionate yacht builders. And that's what we are. We, are, we don't build... Uh, standard yards, we built custom built. So you have a dream, we can build it. Do they come in here with a very clear idea of what they want? No, not always, but it's what you see is they want to have, okay, I want to sail with uh, uh, my family. And they say, okay, then what is needed? Where do you want to sail to? What is the speed? And so then we start designing and talking and have some examples like, okay, do you like this? No, I don't like this. And so to, to get direction, and then we start, of course, making the drawings and start sort of an engineering. And what you see often is they, you start with a 70 meter, but they want to have a bigger tender, it will 80 meters. And then they want to have a swimming pool and it'll get 90 meters. And then we go back to 80 meters because then the prices may be more high than they expected. So it's, it's a, I would say just like buying a car maybe, but more expensive a yacht. And is that the allure of this place? Is that why they come? I mean, you're not around the corner. <laughs> no, that's right. No, that's exactly why they like to come here. And uh, of course, if you just at the first time you're here, you can see the environment with the small village and there's not too much to do here. <laughs> so one thing to do is yacht building. And, and that's what we do. That's actually really good advice to any business leader. Yeah. Set up shops away from everything. Yeah, I think so. If you have a workshop. And you can really focus on what you do yeah. instead of all the other things around you. Focus is, I think, everything. And that makes a difference. You speak about this idea of a family. Maybe you can give me examples on what's that family feeling. I would say we are really dedicated to what you uh, want, what you need from us. We are a family-owned company, so we go all the way. For us, it's most important that at the end of the project, you are happy. And maybe you're thinking about the next project. We are all workers here and craftsmen, 
And if you are working in the reception desk or you're a carpenter, we are all yacht builders. Everybody keeps telling me we're not a company that says no. FedShip doesn't say no. This no. Too, but it's easy for the sales guys to say that. It's easy for the marketing guys to say that. Yeah. But you're, you're, this is where the work gets done. That's right. Do you say no? <laughs> yeah, you say you have the promising department at the sales guys, and then we have to do it. And that's not always that easy. But yeah, I, no is not, I would say almost, it's, all, it's, it's mm, you can see it's difficult. We, <laughs> we like to say yes, and, and normally we can do. And we only say no, we say you can make this choice, but it looks nice, but in a year time, it, it will not look nice anymore. And then you will ask us to change. So please trust us that we think it's better to do it this way. And sometimes they say, okay, you're right. Sometimes, no, no, I'm the owner. I want to have it like this. And then in a year time, we have to change it anyway. But okay, yeah. it's uh, how it happens. But you never say, I told you so. <laughs> no, but we think so, yeah. <laughs> uh. After a few cups of coffee and a lot of good stories, Cybern offers to take me on a personal tour of a shipyard to see the craftsmanship up close. We left the office. We're yeah. outside. It's a beautiful day. It's not a, not a given in Holland, by the no. way. <laughs> How many times do you walk this round a day? I try to do it twice. And you just missed this morning. We had a uh, motor yacht, Chiron. She was in the shed yesterday. And now she is sailing up to Amsterdam. It's a 70-meter Chiron. It's one of the best Se yachts. 70 meters. Yeah, one of the best yachts ever built. And now so she's on a barge on her way. And then we do the sea trials. It was a refit we did for the third time for the same owner it's yeah it's a marvelous project so this is what we do you meet the owner you come in and then yeah. we take a stroll to the you call it the shed but let's yeah. be honest yeah. it's a it's a euphemism for a really really giant structure yeah I mean, they say they call it a, the cathedral a cathedral yes that's a better word that's nice yeah. because of the the big windows on the side in the evening it looks like a cathedral from the outside. Uh, oh, yeah. We now go into the shed. One of the owners, he learned me, he said, yes, it's the same as in a church. You are going through a narrow door and then see the church. So here is the small door. It's a normal door. It's a very small. Yeah, and then we small. go into the shed and then we're, wow. Oh, there we go. After passing through another security entrance, we enter an industrial space several hundred meters long and at least 30 meters high. The light shines majestically through the windows, landing on the enormous yacht on the far side of the shed. It is surrounded by scaffolding and bustling with workers, and in a way, it reminds me of an anthill. Hundreds of people working separately, but also in sync, moving quickly, but not hurried. The yacht itself is in various stages of completement, and the bottom levels are farther along than the top. But here it is. Absolutely, yeah? It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Do you still get goosebumps walking absolutely. in here absolutely every time yeah so you call it a big project and i i don't doubt you but this building is gigormous i yeah. mean this is huge it's you you could fit three of i don't know how how big the yacht is we're looking at over it's, there it's uh, 94 meter 94 meters yeah. so we can have three yachts in this shed and we can have one or two in the other one is this a is this considered a busy time now because yeah mean, this is the most busy time ever for us now we have uh, more projects than ever around we have one project here we have one project in the other shed we have three projects in Harlingen it's close by Mockham yeah we also have a shipyard there with uh, three projects and we have one project now 
uh, heading to Amsterdam. So at any given time, how many yachts, you call them projects, but by project you mean yacht, right? A yacht, yeah, so that's many, right. How, at any given time, how many yachts are you building? Yeah, normally we do have one yacht in this shed and one in the other one is new built. And the other projects are refits. For us, very important as being part of our business. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, you're in here and owners come here. So what do you do? What do, what do, what do I, what do now, I want to see? important is for me is to explain how we work. So this okay. is a dry dock. Here we do the outfitting of the yacht. So you see the yacht, steel hull, aluminium superstructure. This is the project we are ahead of schedule of painting. So it looks good. If an owner comes in at this stage, what's his reaction or her reaction? Wow. Really, I had an owner and he was walking around like, mm -hmm. then we went up all the way. And then he looked down to his yacht and then he said, wow, it's big. I said, yeah, it's big, indeed. How, how engaged are the owners? How often do they come and visit their yachts while it's being built? Sometimes only once, uh, sometimes 10 times. At what time does it become a little bit irritating? Like, do, do, do you contractually <laughs> say, like, no. no more than 20 times. No, no, no. The more the better, I would say. Yeah. The more the better. Yeah, because then they really see what we do. If you only see the key laying ceremony and then the bottle of champagne, you really miss the fun part. And it's the construction. If you go into the, the yard, you see all the technical details. Yeah. My father would mention it as the hidden gold. It makes the fat ship the fat ship. Yeah. You will not see it at the end, but it's there. I know I keep droning on about the owners, but you've got to understand, even though I'm a writer, I take my role as an owner seriously. Plus, I'm just curious, and admit it, you are too. Is, would you consider this an outrageous project? No, this yacht is a typical Markham yacht, to be safe, because yeah. of the length, 90 up to 100 meter. Is there, is there kind of a sweet spot for yachts? Yeah, yes, this is the sweet spot. To be honest, it's really hard to imagine what it's going to look like. Do you have that as well? I mean, I'm looking, it's all yeah. hidden and it's all yeah. climate control, but the first time you actually see it is when you actually yeah. put it on the water. Yeah. It's beautiful if we get all the, the plastic away and everything, and then you, you look at her, it's yeah, just like a, a, a baby seeing the world for the first time. But it is kind of like a baby seeing it's the world from because yeah. you don't know. It's it's a bit of a leap of faith, right? Because yeah. you you design it, you do, you rely on your drawers yeah. and your engineers to get it right, and everybody's working on it. But you actually only see it when it when it pops out of exactly. the, the the shed or the cathedral. Yeah, that's yeah, and and then that's it. You cannot change it anymore. It's the color, it's the dimensions, it's uh, how the mast looks like, uh, everything. Now that's one of the things I've had a really hard time getting my head around is the fact that all the decisions that need to be made need to be made before you actually yeah. before they reach here. Yeah. So, does anybody actually try to break that rule? Does anybody say, "Okay, I know, I know the engineers and everything, but we're here just you and me. Can you kind of add?" A yeah, you know who are that's the owners. <laughs> the owners, they, of course, they want to have up to the end. Can you change this maybe a little bit? And. Again, there we have to say yes, as much as possible, up to the moment that we say, okay, the, the time schedule is now not working uh, for us anymore. So if you want to do a change, do it on your next project. This is the project now and we will finalize it. Otherwise we are not finished before the summer, for example. So what's the craziest last minute request you've ever gotten that you're like, I, I want to say no, I can't, I should, but I won't. 
Sometimes it can be, can, can I add a jacuzzi here on my deck? Yeah, it's, it looks like a simple thing. It's in your garden, you just put the jacuzzi there, but in a yacht, it's into the construction. Yeah, then it's not possible anymore. And then to, to explain to the owner is, is, is difficult, but we of course can explain and show him what the impact is of just a jacuzzi. I get the feeling you do say no, but you say it in such a way. Yeah, we try to. <laughs> we leave the yard and head towards what Cybern tells me is the yard's newest addition, a state-of-the-art woodworking studio. I'm expecting something a bit dusty, maybe a little bit dark, sawdust on the ground, wood chips scattered about, but it's none of this. So we're walking into the workshop now. This yeah. is, to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's kind of more like a Tesla factory or something. It's very, it's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's got the combination of the, it's actually quite modern yeah. and it's quite beautiful and clean. It's That's clean. Really clean, yeah. That's what we Is that need. you? Is that your thing? Absolutely, yeah. I hate things on the floor and it must be clean because if it's clean and everything looks good, the end result will be good. That's what I think. Do you have other rules? You must have other... What's your philosophy? You must have other rules, like... I would say a big rule for me is uh, to give trust to people. And if you give people the trust, you get it back. So you can make a mistake. It can happen. Don't make it a second time, but you can make a mistake. So don't be scared with that. Ownership is for me very important. So feel responsible for what you do. And, and, and show like an owner. Behave like an entrepreneur. You have my wallet, you work with. And, and be careful with it, but don't be scared. Just make things as beautiful as possible in the way of how would I do it if I was the owner of the shipyard. That's what I like the people to show what they are able to. Trust seems to be the magic word around here. But as they say, the proof is in the pudding. People are working machines all around us, pencils tucked behind their ears. These are the craftsmen responsible for the yacht's interiors. And I really want to talk to one of them. So when Cybern stops at a workstation to say hello, I grab my chance. This whole area, is this the cabinet makers? Is there a certain yeah, cabin, specific? Yeah. Uh, this is where we make the final product. Okay. I ben. ben is a carpenter. And it's clear by the size and scale of a station that he's been doing this for a really long time, 11 years to be precise. He's got the children's drawings taped to the wall in his toolbox to prove it. What are you working on? Uh, this is a piece of a working floor for a casing on the ship. There's a, there's a hole in the floor and it needs to be closed for, for the safety. I also teach students how to, uh, to, to do the carpeting. Uh, I have uh, five students right now over here. And uh, the, 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 the most impressive thing I made here was making the wheelhouse on one of the yachts. The whole wheelhouse? The desk of the wheelhouse, oh, okay. uh, yes, yes. It's the highest quality, but also the highest luxury class from the interior. So that was, uh, yeah. Is that a kind of an honor? Do you guys have to bid for that? Who gets to build it? Like, were people jealous that uh, you got to build no, that? No, you, you, have, you have to have a lot of experience in, in carpeting and you have to be really precise to, uh, to do the, this kind of job because the, the quality is here really high, really important details. So uh, that's important, yes. So here's something I've learned over the years. Carpenters, like chefs, are highly particular when it comes to their tools. Logically so. But where chefs lock their Japanese blades inside kitchen drawers, carpenters lock their specialized gizmos inside their toolboxes. So I asked Ben, does he mind opening it up? 
my secret toolbox is over here. Okay, can we see it? Can you want to see it? Yeah, I do. So, but this is part of my toolbox. It's in a drawer. Some chisels over here, some screwdrivers, hammers, uh, drills, measuring tools for really exactly measuring. Uh, every, every, every carpenter uh, has his own tools. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys secretly write your names inside the yacht? Like, I can imagine. Like, <laughs> so don't tell any further. <laughs> cool, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. The apprentice program Ben mentions is an important part of the FedShip ecosystem, and the company takes great pride in it. Mentoring its own apprentices is also one of the only ways the company can guarantee a steady stream of highly skilled craftsmen, year after year, yacht after yacht. A few workstations down, I meet Hilke, who at 25 years old has already been working at FedShip for eight years. He started as an apprentice at age 17 and worked his way up to this room, distinguishing himself as a real talent along the way. I won some awards in my student time. Yeah, I did. It was, it's called uh, Skills Heroes. It's a worldwide uh, championship, like the Olympics, but then for cabinet making and all other uh, workmanships. And I won it in the, the Netherlands. I won first place from the Netherlands in 2016. And after that, I went to Sweden for the European uh, championships. And there I placed tent. What's the difference between working on a yacht and, and just normal land-based homes and stuff like that? Is there yeah, a difference? Yeah, there's a big difference. In homes, everything is just measured in and it, and it fits because everything is square. But in a yacht, nothing is square. Everything is round. Everything needs to be fitted perfectly. There's never uh, something the same. It sounds frustrating. Does it ever get frustrating? No, like, I'm sick of round, rounded edges. I'd like some sharp 90 degree no, corners from time no, to that's time. That's just what makes it fun. You do, it's never the same. So you always need to, to really uh, show your workmanship. Well, one of the things I'm just trying to discover is what makes this place quite special. Uh, yeah, we make, the, we make the biggest yards here. And that's what everyone wants, I think. And, and what are some of them? Like the coolest things you've ever made? Coolest thing I ever made is that it's the Project 1006, and we made a full beach club. And that was a really nice project. Beach club. There's that word again. People keep talking about beach clubs. And I'll have to admit, it has a really nice ring to it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to have to talk to Tano about this later. And what, what's a, a beach club is this, this fold out? Yeah, it's the back of the yard underneath a swimming pool. And that's where you can chill with your friends. There's a sauna, there is a steam room, massage room, swimming pool, a bar. Everything is there. What was your contribution? I placed all the cabinets on board. So people on the workshop, they make it. And I placed with some other guys, we placed everything on board. You need a certain mindset to create custom things from scratch, right? What type of skills do you need to have to be able to create it? Yeah, you need to be really precise. That's, that's one thing you really need, really precise. And otherwise, yeah, you need to be good with your hands. It's not an easy job, I think. Not everyone can do it. Are you precise at home as well or only at work? Yeah, because of this work, I'm also precise at home. My kitchen needs to be perfect. Drive your family crazy? Or you no, not yet. <laughs> not yet, not yet. But is that just in you? You've always been precise? Yes, yes. And that's also, you really need it here. Otherwise, you can't work here. If you're not precise, you, you just can't work here. Because everything is on the meal correct. And if there is a small gap, it just gets thrown away. And you need to start over. Have you learned that the wrong way? Have you, have you had some uh, big blunders? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, of course. But then, yeah, you, you just start over. It's just part of the project. 
Yeah. Cybern told me it's okay to make mistakes as long as you learn from them. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's what you do. But if you make two mistakes, no, maybe not. it's time to... <laughs> no, not, not that fast. <laughs> so I'm designing my own yacht. What can I ask for to challenge you? Like, what would you be like, oh man? Like, like to make a full beach club or something. That's, that's, that's really nice. Really, and that's really uh, challenging. <laughs> okay, so beach club. A beach club. And I have to, I, I really and like I have to request club. you specifically. Yeah, so. if you want. <laughs> okay. If you want, do you want? Yes, of course. I'm here to please. Yes, of yeah. course I want. Cybrant meets me outside the workshop. And again, I bring our conversation back around to my very favorite subject, the owners. Everyone is so hush-hush about these guys, but I'm convinced Cybrant is full of crazy stories about them. And when I ask, he smiles, he thinks about it, and he gives me just one. We had a, an owner from Europe, and um, he was so interested into the project. So before we finalized the project, he was already on the yacht with his wife, pregnant. And then together they just stayed on the yacht. I thought only maybe for a day, but he stayed there up to the end. So our carpenters then in the early morning at seven, they say, knock on the door. Sir, we have to finalize your room. He said, no, I'm awake. Uh, yeah, but your wife is pregnant. And oh, yeah, put her on the bathroom. So she was in the bathroom. And he woke up and he did his job. And the carpenters worked around. And uh, you have so many safety rules here. How yeah. did he get away with that? I can't even get walk through the, <laughs> without <laughs> like steel-toed boots. That's right. Has there, has there any been anybody ever, an owner from like really close by who just stops like every day? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have some Dutch owners, especially for refits. And they come by now and then. But it's, it's good because they're really involved in the project. And uh, then they have uh, broodje croquettes we have in Holland. And they, because they don't live in Holland anymore. But if they're in Holland, they like to have the old way of having lunch. And uh, an omelette and uh, just to, to, to have a good stay in Holland. And again, they really enjoy to be here and to see all the craftsmen and the, the, the energy they put into the project. Before I leave the yard and head back to Amsterdam, Cybrant catches up to me and says there's one more thing he wants to show me. So he leads me into a quiet, bunker-like space where a small yacht is being renovated. This, he tells me, is Mira. Mira is a retro cruiser from 1953 that one of the workers of Fedship actually found online. It had spent the last few decades in a barnyard somewhere in Holland, just more or less eroding, so Fedship bought the yacht and has now made it the centerpiece of its apprenticeship program. You'll hear more about this remarkable small yacht and its lost and found story in episode 6. Cybern didn't bring me here to give me a history lesson. He wanted to talk to me about the importance of people. It was a young guy, Jeroen, and Jeroen is uh, working on the painting department. And he was a young guy, 17 years, and um, it's not easy for him to work together with the painters because it's a big project and for him it was too big and yeah and we were not really happy with his performance and then we made a, a good decision to say okay maybe you start on a project like the Mira and you do the fairing and the sanding and which the painting a, which is a much smaller smaller let's yeah let's talk much exactly. smaller for a young guy it's, it's it's more easy than a big project so okay we asked him to do so and he did with a good teacher and on a Saturday morning, I was here with my wife just to visit, uh, to see, okay, what are we doing and uh, how's the work progress and to show my wife what, what I'm doing all day. 
And I hear some noise in the big shed. What is the noise? So I went to the small project, and there was this guy, Jeroen, sending on the hull. I said, Jeroen, what are you doing? It's Saturday afternoon. I, I, but Seibrand, I have to finalize the project in time, and it's my project. I'm so proud of it. Uh, that's, for me, the best thing to hear. And then, finally, he did a perfect job on the, on the yard. He painted. It looks really good. And now he's one of the best painters here. Yeah, that's a really nice story. So he was here, it was not too good. He went to, to the smaller project. There he learned a lot. And now he is working on a big project. And he's really one of the guys. It just goes to show that even when you're surrounded by the most luxurious yachts in the planet, the most interesting stories are the stories about people. So we're, we're out of time, but I have one last question. I'm designing my own yacht. Yeah. What type of advice can you give me for the building part? I've, I've been advised by engineers, designers, yeah. everybody. I would say everything on a yacht is for a reason. You can have a, a nice dining area inside. But if you only sail the yacht in the summer in a nice area, will you ever dining inside? So maybe it's good to think about, can I have my dining table outside? protected by glass for the wind. I would say that's something maybe to consider. Isn't it crazy, a 100 meter yacht? Do you ever say and go, that's a lot of yacht? Yeah, that's what I thought a few years ago, but I would say 100 meter is a nice size. And size does matter, so it's nice to have a 100 meter yacht. I would really say, yes, you have to do. Are you selling me a yacht now? Are you no, selling, yeah, selling you, me up? I would say yes, 100 meter is a very good size. Very good, okay. Gotta call Tano again. Good to have you that's here, John. Awesome. Thank you very Thank much you, bye for bye. your time. I leave Malcolm upbeat, but also a little bit envious. Upbeat because the yard is without question an inspiring place. Its giant sheds are sheds of ingenuity and innovation. It's the shipbuilding equivalent of the Silicon Valley garage where anything could be made. But I'm also envious because like most people, I spend too much time each day behind my screen. And my handiwork, well, it doesn't really amount to much. I didn't see a single screen in the yard. It was all handiwork and craftsmanship. You know, craftsmanship, the type that was passed down from generation to generation. It felt like a pre-smartphone time capsule where people embrace the same skills used in the 16th century to build ships. And I'm willing to wager that the feeling I'm feeling now is precisely what the tech and the oil and the real estate billionaires feel when they walk into Mockham or any of the other fed ship yards. It's a reverence for creativity. They're just happy to be in a place where things get meticulously made. In the next episode, I make my most outrageous proposition yet, a sustainable yacht. And for help, I turn to a man named Guido, who is on a mission of his own. People need to let this sink in, that they can make this move today the entire fleet. The biggest impact is the fuels. We can solve it today without changing the answer. I'll also bother Tano again with some new ideas and maybe, just maybe, he'll show me the first sketches of my yacht. That's amazing. And then the roof that goes up and gives you a lot of height and the, the length, the horizontal lines of the, of the buildings there. Fantastic. I think we should use that also in, in the boat. You'll hear all this and more on episode four of Fed Ship Uncovered. 